Welcome back, everyone, to the Rebel Madman Radio Show here on Republic Broadcasting Network. And uh, we are moving into our third hour. And unfortunately, uh, Miss Karen Stokes was uh, having some problems with uh, her voice and what have you. And so she wasn't able to uh, continue on with us. And so I would, uh, you know, I've kind of messed up here myself, guys. I hope I don't turn myself off here. But I was trying to bring in uh, both, uh, you know, Cal and DW. And so far, I have uh, not been successful in doing that. So I hope that uh, the producer can help me out here. Uh, As I said, I've kind of messed it up. But, folks, I tell you what, what a wonderful absolutely wonderful uh program it was to bring in you know uh karen stokes and her wonderful work and the fact that everything she does comes from original source documents and that is just absolutely fantastic because there is the truth people this is not speculative this is not what if this is not what they were taught down at the marxist university this is in fact the truth so oh i think uh i I, you know i messed this up it's certainly not on our producer but uh, i messed it up i'm glad to see my buddy dw here uh dw uh you've listened to the first two hours i feel so bad that Miss Karen couldn't stay, but uh, would you help us out with your thoughts on what you've heard so far, sir? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a, it's been quite a ride. Uh, if I can, just uh, there were just there were just so many things in there, and I, I actually had I actually had some questions for her. It was just uh, where do you find all these really uh grounded intelligent women at <laughs> you know that no history mike what's what's going well, on here i'm I'm not sure what it is i i told uh you know i asked uh miss karen stokes if she would be willing to come on when we get mrs q mrs karen q back and uh she has said that she would love to and uh so guys uh you know i'm not sure we would even stand a chance in the karen and karen show what do you think I, uh, I I think it would be just uh, just phenomenal. It would be a be a force force majeure, force of nature. Uh, we, we're just gonna, you know, Karen squared. Uh, we you know we're gonna have to call one Karen, the other one Miss Q. How do we keep them separate? I mean, what happens? You know, this is you know well, it's I, I explosive. Think- TNT. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the uh, the the cue for us would be to uh, just uh, <laughs> you know shut up and get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. What, well, I I just I think that's perfect. That's uh, that would be. I think Cal joined us. We got Cal too now. Yeah. Hey, buddy, how you doing out there in Arizona? Doing okay, doing okay. Oh, so we lost Karen. She went away from us, huh? 
Well, she said that uh, she had r- originally agreed to do them, but uh, you know, she told me uh, at the break that uh, she was just really having some problems uh, with her voice. And, uh, you know, I understand that. Uh, things like that can happen. And uh, she said it didn't have anything to do with the fact I called you two guys reprobates. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's still listening. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what what can I say? But uh, uh, DW was just commenting on what the program would be like with uh, uh, Mrs. Q and uh, Mrs. Stokes. Um, what uh, and I said, uh, you know, the best thing that we could do is to shut up and get out of the way. What do you think? Totally agree. <laughs> uh, we would probably get a lot. Or, you know, a lot more accomplished in the pursuit of truth and rightful liberty if we let the women talk, right? <laughs> yeah, those two especially, I tell you. Uh, I have just been impressed with uh, Ms. Stokes' work, and I have read almost all of her books. I think I've got two that I haven't read yet. And, uh, and also a plethora of articles at the Abbeville Institute that she has written on various subjects, book reviews and other stuff. She just does such a great job. Uh, you know, it, it is so impressive. And the fact, and you guys know this, the reason that I felt such an affinity for this lady is it's all about the original source documents. What yeah. was in the what was in the letters, what was in the manuscripts, what was there. It's not speculative at all. It's here it is. Here's the hardcore truth. Okay, now here it is. What are you going to do with it? And so that I think is isn't that what we're all trying to do here, guys? Is just to bring the truth and let the people handle it as they will. I know a lot of people reject it because nobody hates the truth more than a died in the wool Marxist, and because it exposes who they really are. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, Cal, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think a lot of people really understand how hard it is to bring that truth forward, especially from those source documents. I mean, I've done, you know, my studies on it, and it's, you know, insignificant compared to what you and obviously um, Karen's done. I mean, it's just, you know, obvious. I mean, Reading through the source documents, one, they're difficult to read. A, a five-minute letter can take 20 minutes to read, and you might understand it. It's that difficult. But then to further go on and transcribe that letter that should have took five minutes to read, it took 20 minutes to read, now it's going to take four hours or more to transcribe, is just, you know, it, it's just an amazing, time-consuming effort. And to top that on top of that, most of the letters that you read are just nothing but personal effects, people talking about personal stuff that really doesn't have anything to do but their personal communication between family members. And so you spend a lot of time reading letters that don't bring much information forward other than you understand, well, these people loved each other and cared about each other back then. And I... And so the time that it takes to produce, you know, for the books that she's written, for the substacks that you do, and for the the content that you bring forward on these shows, I don't think a lot of the listeners really truly 
understand and can appreciate the time and energy and effort that goes into it. And you're not getting rich by doing it either. So it's I, I just want to thank people like you, like Aaron, like Mrs. Q, EW, and everybody else that you make my job of understanding the truth easier. I just want to thank you all. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and I do. I can certainly relate to what she was saying because I've got boxes of these original source documents that were written in cursive, and there's a reason they're getting rid of cursive because if you can't read cursive, you have no idea what these original source documents say. It's going to be like a foreign language. And so that is just another effort, and that's why I think that, uh, you know, why would you get rid of cursive? Makes no difference whatsoever unless it is, in fact, they had a plan behind it. What are your thoughts on that, DW? Well, uh, I got a few. the The source documents uh, are incredibly important. You know that way, uh, anybody who would uh, proffer that you know what you're espousing as a conspiracy theory can be, you know, confronted with the source document. Uh, of course, you will run into those people like this uh, college uh, professor that you debated in California or Colorado that said no matter how many facts you give her, she wasn't going to change her mind. You know, you're going <laughs> to, yeah. you're always going to be, you're always going to be, uh, you're always going to have this component, but the important thing to know is that those those are moments of of levity and humor. Uh, that's that's not our audience, <laughs> and uh, you know the the audience, the remnant that we're we're talking to, actually find us just the same way we found others that were the stepping stone for our our growth and awareness. You know, I just. I see this as a relay race. Uh, I see it as standing on the shoulders of others. Uh, we can bring some interpretation and perspective to it, but all we're doing is just adding to the body of evidence that is the crime. That's all we're doing. It's just just exploring the cold case files. Um, I, I think that uh, you know, and I, I do have just a bit of a bone to pick with you, Mister Mister Gaddy, and. In that you you have been aware of Karen's all these books that Karen has, and you didn't you didn't share that with me. I I, I, just, I just like okay I'm 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 like black I'm like uh, BB nine I'm now I'm trying to figure out how I can budget all these books. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my upcoming uh, my upcoming budget here, but uh, the thing that uh, I think most uh, stood out for me there, there was there was quite a bit actually, but one of the things that Cal was talking about is uh, uh, and this is somehow this just sort of echoes with the conversation we had back on Thursday. Uh, is that her letters that she's publishing and bringing forth the, the humanity of these people, whether these letters are discussing the 
their personal effects and conditions and situations. There's also conversations in there about the uh, what's going on here, okay? And their their perspective of the dynamics of the conflict and how uh, their questions and their wonderment and that uh, we actually have answers to now that they didn't have answers to. But but what makes it important and so important is that in in this day and age, at this very exact moment, we're experiencing the same uh, uh, chaos that is being foisted upon all of us here as it was on them. And uh, uh, there's... There's this great span of time and and different events, but the the human aspect of it is is exactly the same. There's this pattern that they were involved in a chaotic, fabricated uh, situation that was set upon them, uh, and then they had to contend with it. And those letters are just personal letters and expressions of how they individually dealt with it. And when we read those now, we can understand what they were going through and see that this pattern is repeating itself into our very moment right now, this, today. Okay, and that's um, that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, uh, very articulate presentation there, D.W., and... Uh, I'm sorry that I didn't bring up all of Ms. Stokes' works, uh, but uh, uh, you have no excuse now. So uh, get a, <laughs> so get off of your checkbook and get busy. Uh, you know, and one of the things uh, when we were talking earlier today, uh, Ms. Stokes was telling me about uh, you know her work at the uh, in Charleston at the uh, Confederate uh, Memorial. The you know the uh, that's still there and what it did is it created this uh, desire if you will on my part to actually get there so I can see all of this stuff because eventually they're going to come after that as well they're not going to stop what they're doing they're going to come after that as well and I for sure would like to see that I you know I feel uh, you know kind of uh, good that I was able to see uh, so many of these monuments that's being torn down and then you you guys know i've had john hill the descendant of general ap hill mm -hmm. i've had him on the program before and when you look at what that young man has gone through just trying to preserve the honor of his ancestor and how the courts have treated him how the city of uh, richmond virginia treated him and even now how some of the people who claim to be Southerners are calling him a fake. It, it's just, I don't know. Uh, you know, we're all familiar with trolls, though. We know that uh, they're sent out here to shut us up from time to time, and I've uh, I've encountered my share of them. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cal? Mute button, Cal. There you Pushing go. Mute button. <laughs> <laughs> Once I think about finding a mute button, no. Um, it's, what amazes me is how people can't see what's going on, Mike. They don't want to. It makes uh, them uncomfortable. Uh, 
Okay. I just, I don't know. I can't wrap my brain around it. I mean, <laughs> once you see the truth, what's the saying? If you, once you see the truth, if you fail to follow the truth, you're no longer a truthful man. Something like yeah, that. Exactly. I, uh, it just boggles my mind. It just does. I maybe that's just me. Well, you know the other it, thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Government. The problem is the government. The government wants to control the government. Well, the government's actually you know just a puppet for the bankers, but it just. Oh, but people want more government. I don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Give me some more of that stuff that's destroying me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it's actually uh, regrettably, Cal. Uh, I think it's I think it's so mundanely much more simple than what we. You know, since we don't think that way, uh, it's hard for us to imagine that. These people that would rather hear the lie, what their motivations are. And uh, I think it's very, very simple in that they, uh, and, and regrettable, uh, that they are protected from the consequences of that lie as long as they go along with the official orthodox narrative, the, the public policy. Uh, the they they receive a benefit of not being ostracized in the uh, synthetic society that's been created around the myths of history, and and then uh, the the weekly change in cultural narratives they're they're conditioned and trained now into respond to the affirmative on each subsequent degradation, and they're they're actually in many ways, rewarded financially. Oh, yes. And it's, <clears throat> it's, it's quite, it's, it's really that simple, is that they are so fractured and shattered and atomized that their only affinity is to their own, to, to their own total destruction, their own self-consumption of, you know, my next uh, government-subsidized check that ends up in... Uh, monthly automatic deposit well or or yeah so go ahead no no one of the things you know here's the thing that's always gets me about this and still i don't care where you go i don't care who you talk to i get it all the time from people you mention the alleged misnamed civil war and the first thing out of their mouths was it was all about slavery. If it hadn't been for slavery, uh, there wouldn't have been a war. Well, <clears throat> guys, original source documents chop you off at the knees. Because here is one especially. After he was elected, Abraham Lincoln in 1860, after the election, he was corresponding with none other than Alexander Hamilton Stevens, who would later become the vice president of the Confederacy. And in that, one of those letters, which is an official source document, the letter from Abraham Lincoln reads as follows, and I quote, Do the people of the South really entertain a fear 
that a Republican administration would directly or indirectly interfere with their slaves or with them about their slaves? If they do, I wish to assure you, as once a friend, and still, I hope, not an enemy, that there is no cause for any such fears. The South would be in no more danger in this respect than it was in the days of Washington, unquote. Now, folks, Mm -hmm. if you don't believe that is true, you can find it in several locations. You can even look it up. It's the uh, public and private letters of Alexander Hamilton Stevens, and it's there. It's an original source document. It is in Lincoln's handwriting. I don't know what Uh, else else we could say. Go ahead, D.W. I'm sorry, bud. Well, no, I might. I'd be sorry for a brother. Uh, I would... You know, if somebody was to say this to me, which in fact they have, uh, my response is, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The uh, the war, the Civil War, was about uh, uh, was about slavery. <laughs> it absolutely was about slavery, and and of course, you know, I'm going to spin this argument. I'm going to turn it on their head, and and. It was about slavery because it wasn't about freeing the black man. It was about enslaving everybody else. Fiscal slavery. Yes. Uh, you know, debt and denture slavery and servitude and into perpetuity. Uh, you know, you cannot, uh, you cannot question the debt. So, uh, yes, it was about slavery, but, but it's, uh, it wasn't about blacks slavery not at all well yeah. amen uh and 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 then you can ask people because you know you're talking when you're talking to people about this history this is a a disassociated abstraction it's so far back you know they look how they dress you know what what do people now know about that but you can ask them you say well do you feel you know this was about to to enslave everybody uh fiscal fiscal debt and denture uh you ask them then do you want do you feel free now do you feel free do you do you feel like you have freedom and liberty now you know you put it on them you know and uh you know i listen i i figured out a long time ago that the people that are interested in facts and figures will listen to the facts and figures right and you know that mike you have oh, yes. you have hundreds of people that that coalesce around your information because it you you bring the receipts and the other people the people can't even these other people we're talking to can't even count the money they can't even comprehend the concepts okay so you have to if you're going to engage with them you have to engage them on the concepts of uh and uh, uh i think the one thing that you find in common in, like in the in the the close circle of group that we work in a lot, we'll always find, you know, you'll hear it amongst us all the time. Oh, I had that wrong. Or I had this wrong. Okay. Cause we're always looking for the truth. And when you're looking for the truth, you're always finding out the little things, the bits and pieces that you had misplaced or weren't correct. But with these other people that haven't done anything except regurgitate, their instruction, their schooling. That's what a. That's what a. That's what you call a, a group of fish, right? School, a school, 
mm-hmm. a group of fish, right? And and if you throw a rock into the middle of a school, a group of fish, they all respond in the same way, don't they? That's what schooling is for, conditioned response. Everybody responds the same way. And 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 so the one thing that I find uh, just uh, very apparent is that I don't find any people anywhere outside of the truth seekers that admit they had something wrong. When's the last time, until you can admit you had something wrong, you're just going to continue to double down and uh, uh, go in the same direction you're going, aren't you? You're just going to, because you can't, you, you haven't done anything wrong. You're just going to keep going, right? Oh, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Well, that's that, what they're doing. And that's what we yeah. see over and over. That's a great illustration. I especially like your analogy there of the school, because that is so, so well uh, stated. And that is what we deal with. Um, and you're right. Uh, the people who support lies can never admit for a second that they were ever wrong about anything. Because to do so just totally destroys their entire presentation or their entire belief system. And, uh, you know, I think it was, uh, what was her name, Red Emma Goldman back in the 1930s who said that the people don't want to be free, they want to be comfortable, so whatever you do, don't wake them up with the truth. (laughs) Well, I've heard you... I've heard you repeat several quotes by uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, but I, I have a I have a good one here I haven't heard in a while. I, I read it a long time ago, and he says, uh, "History is a set of lies agreed upon." Oh, big time! And so here's here's my here's my rhetorical question. It, well, it's not it's not entirely rhetorical. It, it might be here with th- this group, uh, but here's my question: If the people who write and produce your daily news are the same people that wrote the history. How much could you trust it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you mean the plastic talking heads on TV that read a script that was given to them by the CIA? Right. Uh, said another way is, if the news is fake, how fake is history? Well, I think we could probably answer that question. I'm not sure too many other Americans could. And the thing, I guess, that bothers me more than anything else is how many of them really care anymore, guys. That's the thing that probably bothers me more than anything else. You know, when I tell people, when you talk to people sometimes and they go, why do you even care about what happened way back then? And if I had, you know... What do you say? I usually just try to find a way to get away from them. Because Cal. it ain't going to help. Cal, can you find that uh, mute button there? Oh, oh he did. All right, there he is. No, I... Yeah, you run into that, that 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 all the time. People keep saying, "Well, we need to go back to original intent." And it's like, so let's establish what original intent is. Let me yeah. pull up the document from the guys. Ooh, Freebird. We'll be back on the other side, folks. 
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Health Simple with Kalwara Shilaji. Fact bit number three. Shilaji is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilaji is the singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yogavaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rates. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture and foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Peace of mind. And I wouldn't have it any 
Amen to that, folks. Nobody could ever say it better for me than Aaron Tippin does in that song right there. I wouldn't have it any other way. And during the break, talking with my two good reprobates here, and we were talking about that thing about holding on to that thing about truth. Regardless of how many people come at you, regardless of the uh, you know the inconveniences, the things that it costs you as you move along, nothing is more, at least more encompassing to me than finding out the truths of history. And I am accompanied by two gentlemen here who feel exactly the same way. And uh, one of them can usually find the mute button. The other one has a problem from time to time. But, uh, you know, we don't give him too much of a problem because he is quite intelligent, uh, except for finding uh, mute buttons. Go ahead, Go ahead, Cal. Oh, yeah. yeah, that mute button That's my, my down. <laughs> um, one thing that was brought up, uh, you guys were talking about, you know, libraries replacing their, their books and everything. And everybody keeps referring to this like, you know, public schools, public libraries. And I think to get the message across to what people are dealing with is we're talking about government schools and government libraries. And once you realize that, wait, this is government stuff, maybe people won't be so reliant upon public stuff because it's all government stuff. Does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Would you expect not to put in, in books that it thinks is going to benefit the government for whatever agenda the government wants? It's not about the people. It's about well, the government. Well. Cal, I don't think most people are fully. I don't think most people are fully aware of how how that the CIA and other government agencies have gone into universities and gone into the uh, heads of the universities and said, "Look, we have a three million dollar donation we would like to make to your school, providing you can get your history professors to write." the book that we want and then suddenly here out comes a book by mr phd and because this person is a college professor and you know has that piled higher and deeper phrase after their name people accept it and the powers that be know this but uh, there's one thing uh, dw you said that thing about being slaves and that part Gentlemen, I would like to read you something that I think addresses this, and it's short. And then when I tell you who wrote it, you might be a little bit surprised. But I quote, To make a contented slave, you must make a thoughtless slave. It is necessary to darken his moral and mental vision, and as far as possible, to annihilate his or her power of reason. They must be able to detect no inconsistencies in being a slave. The man that takes his earnings or the government that takes his earnings must be able to convince him that he has a perfect right to do so. It must not depend upon mere force. The slave must know no higher law than his master's will. The whole relationship must not only demonstrate to his mind its necessity, but its absolute rightfulness, unquote. 
Frederick Douglass. Your thoughts, DW? Yeah. I uh, I think I sent that to you today, didn't I? Nope. I've had that one for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I put well, it on. Yeah, well, you did send it to me also. I'm sorry. You did. Uh, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I just double-checked my email there, and yes, you did. But uh, did anybody ever define it better than Frederick Douglass did right there? Well, I think he, I think he, uh, he had it in the crosshairs and drilled it dead center. And uh, he writes this uh, in the 1800s. <laughs> of course, he, he would have had to. He died in 1895, so he would have had to have uh, written it earlier. Uh, I imagine it was probably post, uh, post-Civil post War uh, when he wrote it, I imagine. Uh, listen, the the... The uh, there's there's another part of this too. It says uh, Americans are modern slaves controlled by a corrupt government that, in turn, is controlled by people having unimaginable wealth, absolute concentrate concentrated power, and a lack of morality. Sound familiar? The science of controlling human slaves is well. The science of controlling human slaves is well known, having been a part of human history for thousands of years. For modern slaves to understand their bondage and regain their freedom, they must learn the lessons of history. To understand history, they must read books, old books. And the reason you must read old books is because they have not been abridged, edited, and redacted for the contemporary uh, audience who has been insidiously, incrementally shifted into a, a completely different culture and reality. You can't have any basis and foundation of what the correct interpretation of liberty and freedom and personal responsibility are. That has to be gone. It, you know, we're dealing with people that use the same vocabulary but a different dictionary, and if they get to define the terms, then they uh, use those those definition of those terms to extract the performance that they want. And you have to be able to challenge uh, their their definitions, and the old books do that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, Mike. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think the thing that we think of so many times, and something just popped into my head, and I'm going to ask both you gentlemen, have you ever heard of the Freedman's Bank? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Are you familiar with the fact that the U.S. government set up a Freedman's Bank during the so-called Civil War so that Union soldiers and other blacks only could deposit their money you know, for a future, they kept telling them, put some money in here, save your money, uh, you know, save this money because you're going to need it in the future because, you know, you will need it when you get older. You will need all of this other stuff. You need to save your money. Well, then suddenly all of the shareholders in this bank happen to all be white. Now, imagine that. Now, I'm not in a war against whites here that's for sure but i want to show the people they were also bankers they were also jewish bankers and suddenly 
they started loaning all of this money to each other and to close business friends. And then when they realized that the whole thing is about to collapse, they go out and hire Frederick Douglass to be the president of the bank. Mm. So when it fails, it will all fall on him, a black man. So a uh, few folks think that the government really cared about you because you happen to be of a darker skin pigmentation. But here's the thing. Gentlemen, can you draw any parallels to the fact that we've all been drawn into a similar situation? And I know that in uh, 2019 that the U.S. Senate, I have the documents, the U.S. Senate did an exploratory search on how they could take the IRAs and 401ks in this country and put it, bring it into the government. Uh, do Are we looking at the Freedmen's Bank part, part two? Your thoughts? Go ahead, DW. Yeah. I think there's a lot of evidence to uh, indicate that through uh, the Security and Exchange Commission and uh, other banking um, reforms over the last, actually over the last 20 years, that all all funds uh, are going to be accessible uh, if they're in a, in a digital or paper form uh, held with held with uh, uh, third parties. So, you know, the old story of if you don't have it in your possession, you ain't got it, it is uh, going to apply. And uh, so uh, in, a, in, a, in a bankruptcy, uh, that, that's what happens. And, you know, you have to ask yourself for all these people out here that – you know that in in their fifties and sixties, maybe maybe they're still working or whatever. They said, "Well, I got this pension, and I got this retirement, I got this four hundred one k." Do you have any, any absolute guarantees that these things are absolutely funded, or are those are those just uh, uh, accounting entries uh, with uh, you know you know zeros? Uh, if you don't actually have any proof, you know the. The first ones to get paid off in a Ponzi scheme are the ones that first put into it. And, and the ones on the tail end of it are always left held in the bag, aren't they? Absolutely. Your thoughts, Cal? Yeah. Well, in 2008, did the government get away with too big to fail? Absolutely. Absolutely. And my point is this, gentlemen, and I've asked people this question over and over and over again. They just stare at you like you've lost your mind. I said, well, we know that the IRAs and 401ks in this country amount to somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 to $29 trillion. So what if tomorrow, oh, it wouldn't happen on Sunday. What if it would happen on a Friday, as they usually do? Uh, what if the government suddenly said, well, our national debt has reached such a proportion that we have no choice. Our debt is being called in. It's almost like a foreclosure, and folks, the only way that America can see their way through this is to take these IRAs and 401ks to pay off our debt. 
And my question to people when I tell them that is, if they said that, what are you going to do? Well, they ain't going to say that. Nobody's going to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Anyway, but one of the other things I wanted to run by both of you, and I just got this yesterday, I think. uh, A sheriff made a uh, comment that they had a meeting of the National Sheriff's Association and he said there's 3,300 sheriffs in their association. They have a hierarchy, president, all of that other stuff. And he said that the National Sheriff's Association and the Chief of Police Association in America have requested a conference with the president over the border situation, and they've all been told no. The president will not speak with you so what does that tell us go ahead dw well he uh he obviously sees his position as so superior that he isn't going to talk with any uppity sirs (laughs) you know don't don't these people know what their place is what's wrong with them of course i'm being i'm being i'm being sarcastic but that's in fact that's that's you know from his uh what would what would george washington have said about that um you know they're um <laughs> they're they're uh well, they're trying to address his magisterial <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. what was that what was that yeah. quote cal come on uh his they're they have he, a, joe biden has a man he has a right to rule he has a right to rule by his wife. What was that? His imperial dignity or something? Or? That's it. Now, they're questioning his imperial dignity. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would be the exact thing. What are your thoughts, Cal? I agree with that. I was, uh, yeah, President was Washington invading Pennsylvania over this. So, oh, yeah. The, everything's in place for this to happen. It's just when are they going to pull the trigger, so to speak? Well, after they milk the cow dry. If it matters when. Yeah. It's coming. It's just, as you said, a matter of time. That's why it breaks my heart, gentlemen, every time I look at my grandkids and I can't even imagine what they're going to have to live through. Hmm. So, uh, well, it'll be different. It'll be different than what we live through. It'll be different. Yes. We know and that it won't be better. Yeah, it won't it, be better. It will be, it will be different. That's yeah. what I asked yeah. asked people too about voting. Uh, I was, I asked them, "How long have you been voting now?" Well, I voted every time the polls were open. I voted my entire life, and I said, "Well, you've done just one hell of a job, uh, but have things got better or worse?" <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they quit asking them the hard questions, Mike. You're I can't help hard, it. Asking them such hard, they can't. They've never, they've never stopped to consider that they had a part in making it worse. The, people don't realize that your vote. Here, here's simply, and I'm just being completely objective about it, okay? Because I, I don't, I don't take a position on the left or the right side. Is if you want to know my, my absolute position. If you're on the left side of this or the right side of this, you're both wrong, okay? Because they're both synthetic uh, 
uh, you know, political uh, parodies are set up. You're, you're being played. You're both wrong. Uh, but the uh, uh, here's the objective point about it. If you do vote in these federal, uh, 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 what would you call them? Uh, popularity contests. <laughs> popularity. Yeah. Okay. If if you actually vote, regardless of who you vote for or what it was, is that at the moment you did that, you consented, participated, validated, legitimized, and consented to what? Ever outcome comes out of that, regardless of that makes everybody equal. You consented to what comes out of it. Well, DW and, and what? Yeah. Sorry, buddy, but one of the things that I ran by somebody the other day, and you, I've never seen a look like what I got. I said, well, how long have you been voting now? Well, uh, you know, I voted uh, my very first election when I was 18, and I'm 72 now. So, you know, I've been voting for over half a century. And I said, well, how many times did you vote for the lesser of two evils? And he said, well, you know, when I actually look at it, almost every damn time I voted for the lesser of two evils. And I said, well, 50 years of voting for the lesser of two evils, and now you can't figure out why the government's evil? Mm. It's, it's beyond my comprehension. I, you know, have what happened to me? Did something happen in my head? Do I think that much different from other people? Because to me, that's logical. If you vote for evil, you're going to get evil. You know, I don't care whether you call it the lesser or the greater, and I'm not actually sure how anyone quantifies evil anyway. How do you say one is lesser than the other? Well, that little guy, that guy over there, he only raped three young girls, and that other guy, he raped ten. So I'm going with the lesser of two evils. How do you explain that? What you're describing here is what I call the spirit of compromise. Uh, uh, and then main, as you can maintain a good conscience, you know, the, they, they, they comp- they're, what they're telling you by voting for the lesser of two evils, you have compromised your values to the point where you can vote for evil and, and have a clear conscience. It's really important. It's really important that after they've convinced themselves, and of course they've been schooled in this, is that by voting, uh, you know, you you can take a position regardless uh, of what the outcome is. Okay, uh, <clears throat> this is fed to people, Mike. They're trained in it, and and they've actually turned the whole argument around. Is the people that don't vote are the ones that can actually the only ones that actually have a moral position upon which to object to the outcome. Well, and then again to uh, just. Uh compound the idiocy how many people looked at the 2020 election and they're still jumping up and down and complaining what a fraud it was but these are the same people who can't wait to vote in 2024 i cal yeah. help me out here buddy i'm 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 losing my mind here i i can't figure this stuff out Frederick Douglass said that uh, in order for them to be slaves, they have to think of what they're doing is righteous. 
and the people have con been convinced, indoctrinated, that voting is a righteous uh, endeavor. Voting to impose your will upon others is somehow a righteous endeavor, and people have been convinced of that. Well, the one thing, guys, that I think that maybe a few people are waking up, and uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Stokes and I laughed about this before we came on, and that was the fact that in the primary in Nevada, none of the above actually got more votes than Nikki Haley. Hoo-hoo. But, but would they have said the same thing if it was Donald Trump? Probably not. And the only difference uh, between Nikki Haley, uh, it, didn't Donald Trump give her a great position in his cabinet? Ooh, mm -hmm. yeah, she, mm -hmm, yeah, mm, yeah. And uh, he knew all about her when he did that. And now we've got people, you know, and we look at the things, I, I look at the Southerners in today's world who support Donald Trump, a man who said in 2016 that he wanted to bring this country back to the principles of Abraham Lincoln. And he said, let's take the guns first, due process second. It doesn't make any difference what he says if they have an emotional attachment to him. And then he did, you know, op, you know what, uh, Operation Warp Speed. And now he still says that the shot was one of the greatest accomplishments he made as president. So does... What what does will it take, DW? Just give me your short answer here, or long answer. I don't care which one. But uh, we're going to run out of time pretty soon. But is, are the majority of people in this country just absolutely too damn dumb to ever be free? Yeah, 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 they are. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer talked about it in an essay he wrote before they hung him about the dangers of stu stupid people. It's 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 well worth reading uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer's essay on the dangers of stupid people. He wrote that in 1945. So um, the uh, uh, to the short answer, uh, maybe maybe when in a year's given time that people are actually physically accosted, the velvet glove comes off, and and ten million ten million people. Uh, or either uh, arrested or killed. About 10 million would probably wake the rest of them up a little bit. Well, yeah, maybe so, gentlemen. We're about we're about out of time here, and I hate it. We there's so many things we could talk about, and uh, you know, I would ask everyone to tune in uh, after this program to uh, Blackbird Nine and his program. And tomorrow night, uh, you know, we have the uh, Rebel. Uh, Roundtable, uh, rebel, and uh, <laughs> we could call it the reprobates if you guys want to join. Now, okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> folks, please support RBN. Get out there and support RBN. And if you have an inclination, go to my Substack, michaelgaddy.substack.com, and support because I'm doing a series taking state at a time about the atrocities that were committed against the people of the South and the border states. During the Civil War, including murder, rape, burning, pillaging, whatever you want to talk about. But uh, D.W. Cal, I can't thank you two guys enough. 
it's always a pleasure when we get a chance to meet. I just wish that Miss Karen would have been able to stay with us until at least through this hour. But uh, as you said, DW, I'll use that as leverage. <laughs> so, gentlemen, uh, Cal, take care of yourself out there, buddy. And DW, you guys are just really special. I totally appreciate you. Our Any pleasure. comments? Uh, thank oh, you, our buddy. pleasure. Well, right. it's cert- certainly is fun, and here comes the here comes the music. Ah, uh, thanks everyone. Support RBN. Good night, everyone. People who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.